If you have a Bible with you, we might like to turn to Luke chapter 24. We've got a few minutes. Going to keep it reasonable time with the temperatures that you're feeling, the heat right now. And uh, we're just going to go on a bit of a journey. Going to look at the theme of, we're looking at uh, Church Alive. We're looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the heart and life of believers, how we can be alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to look at Luke 24 for a moment or two, and uh, look at the theme of the burning heart, how the Holy Spirit can restore, um, enliven, reflame your heart, our heart for God. And uh, I need that. We all need that in our walk and in our lives. And so we're going to look at that in the next few moments together. So in uh, Luke 24 and verse 32, I'm only going to read just a couple of verses so, uh, and maybe make a comment on the bit of the story, the background to the story briefly. But in Luke 24, verse 32, two disciples who were walking uh, away from Jerusalem towards a town called Emmaus were despondent one day. They met The risen Jesus didn't realize, and he walked with them and began to talk with them. And a bit further down the road, upon reflection, this is what these two disciples had to say from their encounter with Jesus Christ. They said, uh, they asked each other, verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he, that's Jesus, talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord is risen and he has appeared to Simon. They asked each other, it says there, Were not our hearts burning within us while he, that's Jesus, talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? So, you know, recently I was... um, Doing some work in the garden, in, in, our, in our garden. We've got some, I uh, ordered some new turf for the garden. And um, probably not the best time of the year, the last few weeks, to be sort of laying turf in the heat and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I did. And I got this turf. And uh, I was laying turf in the garden and watering and preparing it and all this sort of stuff. And um, as I was doing that... Uh, Preparing the ground, this is a few weeks ago. I've actually laid the turf just a few days ago. But this story relates to a couple of weeks back. As I was sort of preparing the ground and digging, digging uh, away uh, uh, at the ground, I felt, I heard, like the voice of God. When I say the voice of God, it was my voice in my voice, but it was the, like a prompt. That I have, I've come to understand this is the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It was just my voice, as it were, my thoughts, you could say. But I understand there are moments in my life when this isn't just my thoughts. As I've been a Christian over 30 years, uh, 32, 33 years now, a Christian this year. And um, I understand there are those moments when I hear this voice. It's, my, it's in my words, but it's not just me thinking. I feel this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And this is how it went as I was just doing some ground. And I, I'd done my reading that morning. I was out in the sort of the cool of the rest of the morning, preparing the ground. And this is how it went. And this is what happened. I felt the Spirit of God say to me that uh, this, you know, Adrian, you're more concerned at the moment at growing the church than growing your soul. I was digging, getting rid of some weeds, preparing a bit of ground. I'd done my reading, 
early that day, and I, was out, and I was concentrating on weeding. I wasn't thinking about God at that moment, but it's in those moments I find in my life when I disengage from stuff and just do something that's a bit mundane, that I don't have to really think about, that you engage another part of your heart or your spirit that you're able in a place to hear. And this is what I felt God say. Simple as this. It was a simple, still voice, and it was. You know, Adrian, I think you're a bit more concerned about growing church than growing your your own soul. Grow your soul. Grow your soul, Adrian. And um, I really felt, I felt, um, it, I felt overwhelmed, really. I really felt as if, isn't it, you may say this is a bit of a weird thing, to, but this is the living Jesus. See, if we believe that Jesus is alive, he walks and talks at any point, any time in our lives, not just in church on a Sunday with a special song and uh, with a certain beat. I suppose we believe that God can talk with us wherever. And it, it, I felt it was quite overwhelming. I was weeding, preparing the soil for this bit of turf. And uh, for those next 10 or 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes probably, I really felt as if I sp- was spoke back to God and spoke to the Holy Spirit, saying, it's great, I, it's good. You're, probably, you're right, you know, you're probably right. Well, he is right, he's not probably right. But, uh, you, and I felt really a sense of overwhelmed. And it was as if my heart, strangely warm, I felt really stirred, really stirred in my spirit. And um, it was a moment... It's a moment that I had, um, it's a, and it's as simple as that, as simple as that. And you know, summer is a great time and an opportunity to reflect, to be refreshed. Many of us will be getting away, uh, an opportunity to, to get away from it all, perhaps. And it's in those moments, and you'll be restoring your heart and refreshing with family and friends and just... But it's a great opportunity in these next, this next month or so to take a moment during the midst of our restoring yourself, getting out in the country, going abroad, getting in the sun, sitting in a tent when it's raining outside or whatever it, you might be doing, I don't know, over the next few weeks or over the next month. It's a great opportunity to God, for God to get our attention. And so I'm just going to take this moment, really, to just talk about that, God getting our attention and... Uh, what that can do in your heart and life, and what it did in the heart and lives of these two disciples when the Lord Jesus got their attention. And uh, so the summer is a great opportunity to allow God to get your attention. You don't have to be doing anything particularly special if your heart is open, if your heart is open. And for me, I think church is the external stuff. And I felt in reflection now, a couple of weeks later, God said, I can do that, Adrian. Church, life, growth, people, I do that stuff. I do all of that. Don't worry about that. Uh, But your heart, that's internal. That's you. And that's you to be open with me. And I I, I had a a revelatory moment, and it came as simple as that. And, you know, God can speak to us all if we give him the time and the space. Uh, So, you know, uh, in this story that... um, We've only just read a few verses uh, from a, a whole chapter, this chapter 24, the risen Jesus and how he appears to, do, to two disillusioned disciples. These two disciples were walking on a dusty road out of Jerusalem to a small town called Emmaus. It's about seven and a half miles from Jerusalem. And if you read chapter 24, you'll read the story. They were walking on this dusty road in the heat. I mean, the heat at the moment. I mean, this morning. 
I don't know about you, but don't um, Bola and Deborah look amazing in their Nigerian uh, clothes today. They've had, we've had some Nigerian weather, and it's brought out the Nigerian clothes. And, uh, but that's nothing. I won't call you to the front bowler to do, a, to do a twirl or anything like that. But on the way out, everybody will be looking at you, so don't worry. <laughs> so my apologies. But, um, you know, the heat that we've experienced is nothing compared to the heat of the Middle East. It's a dry heat, but it's, you melt. And so on a dusty road, seven and a half miles out of Jerusalem, these two disciples were hot and bothered but not only were they hot and bothered, they were disappointed because for them, Jesus had been dead and buried. They hadn't heard he'd risen. They hadn't seen him risen. And they, it says in the New Testament, it says in that story, they were downcast, disappointed. You know, in life, if you read that story for yourself, in, in life, it's found in chapter 24, in life, uh, we can, life has its moments of disappointment. Not every day, but there will be a day when we face our day of disappointment. Um, sometimes it can be people let us down. Work lets us down. You know, I'll let you down. Someone near you will let you down. We get disappointed with things. I know many Christians. I've spoken on disappointment. I'm not going to spend a long time on it this morning. Um, but there, you know, disappointments can come our way. And it knocks us off course a little. It affects the heart. Dries us up. Hardens the heart, whatever you want to say at times. Sometimes there's the drudgery of life. Might not be disappointment. Life can be a bit of a dr- It can be just be same old, same old. Another day. They, you know, the, sometimes they're saying, another day, another dollar, another day, another dollar. There's a saying out there. And um, sometimes it, we, ju- we can just go into autopilot. You know, work, church life can be like that. It's another day, another song, you know. And, and I come in and I go out. And, and it... Not all the time, but there are those days. It might be your day of drudgery, and they come round sometimes. Day of disappointment, they come round sometimes. Other times, it's drive. We're so driven today. We're being driven. We're so busy. I've talked a lot about busyness, and you might be in your day of drive. It might be your day of busyness. You might be in a season of life where family's busy, work is busy, your life is busy. You're retired and you're busier. You're busier now than you ever were. It might be your day of drive. It might just be your day of busyness. I don't know this morning, but maybe you can identify. It might be the day of disappointment from time to time. It might be the day of humdrum, drudgery. It might be the day of drive or be driven or busyness. But all these things together can affect our hearts. They affect our soul. They can dry us up. They can pull us off track. We can trip up. We can take a detour away from the things that God truly has for you truly has for me. He has for your family, your home, your life, our lives, our life as a church. And these disciples were just like that on that day. You know, I find, as I said a bit earlier, the Holy Spirit wants our attention. We've been looking at this series of Church Alive about focusing on the person of the Holy Spirit over a number of weeks. And the person of the Holy Spirit, he wants our attention. He wants to get our attention. And if we'll give him a moment, he'll speak. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit got my attention because I wasn't thinking about church and life and lots of stuff. I was just digging some soil. Well, I didn't really think about it. And I think in that moment of not really thinking about anything, God speaks to my heart. For Moses, he was looking out for sheep. He was looking out for sheep in the dry, dusty day. And then he sees a bush that's on fire that doesn't burn out. God gets his attention. It was a humdrum day of looking after sheep 
in the dry. You know, God gets our attention, sometimes not even in church here right now. He could do, and he probably will do, but just in life, whatever you might be doing. Be prepared for that. And but the Holy Spirit wants to talk into our lives. God is the living God. And he want, don't be surprised. He wants to talk into your life and your heart. And it's not just sometimes your thoughts and your imagination. For we believe it's the living God who is alive who wants to speak. And he's a God who speaks. He's a God who is alive. He's a God who communicates with us today through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to speak into your heart and life. And on that day, you know, the disciples were disheartened, they were down, they were worn out. And the Holy Spirit spoke into their lives. Well, Jesus walked with them. He actually walked with them, he talked with them, and he walked along the way. And now Jesus is risen and at the Father's right hand. And he said, when I rise and go away from you, I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you. So now today, if with them on that day, the risen Jesus walked with them. Today on our day, the risen Jesus is brought to our hearts through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what I'm going to just speak about for the next couple of minutes, is how the Holy Spirit does speak to us today and how he can touch your heart if you'll let him. If you'll let him. Three simple things. Uh, Jesus walked that day. Today, Jesus still walks with us because he's alive through the person and power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. First thing is this. You see in that, in verse 32, it says, Did not our hearts burn within us when he opened up the scriptures to us and walked along the way? First thing is this. He opens up the scriptures. He opens up the word of God. The Bible is the Old and New Testament for us today, all collected together 2,000 years later. Now all being collected together, we talk about the scriptures. Jesus was speaking from the, the law and the Old Testament on those days. But now we have the whole full council of scripture, the New Testament and the Old Testament together. So now when he opens up the scriptures to us, it's the Old and the New Testament, the whole Bible together. In Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to just quote a couple of things about the Bible, very briefly. So write this down or note it. You probably know it already, perhaps. But a couple of things about the Bible, the Old and New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, this is not just any old book. The Scriptures, the Bible is not just any old book. It's so powerful. It can be so alive if we'll allow it to change our hearts. And this is the first thing the Holy Spirit did. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Word of God is living and active. This book, the Bible, is living and active. It speaks. It changes life. This is not just a book. I remember speaking to some, uh, a, a family from, I've shared the story maybe many times over the years, a family from Bangladesh. It was in Aberdeen. We were going door to door in the heat like this today. And I came across this family. We were welcomed in. And they were from Bangladesh. And the dad said, come on in. And he was with his 12 to 15 children. He had a, a cane. And they were reading the Quran, reciting it in Arabic. In Arabic. And he was not whacking them, but he would whack this book. I had to get it word perfect. And uh, I came in and we began to speak and I brought my Bible. And he honoured the fact that I, he, sa- he noted that I kept it in my hand or I kept it on a chair above ground height. He says, very good. He says, you Christians, many of you, you leave them on the floor. This is a special book. He was a Muslim saying this Bible is a special book. We are called the people of the book in Islam I know there's lots of things going on in the world right now against Christianity. But in Islam, there's this understanding of the Jews, of the people of the book. Christians are the people of the book. The highest in Islam is Muslims are the people of the book. But he said, very good, because I honored the book. But you know, this book is not just a book. 
It's the word of God. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says the word of God is living and active. This book, if you can read this book, if you can get these words into your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, will change your life, not just forever, but every day into eternity and here for this world in which we live. It's not just a bit of wisdom. It's life and breath and meat and drink. And it's the word of God. Hebrews 4 verse 12. How about this? Another, another verse to talk about this amazing book. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. All scripture is God breathed. Paul says to Timothy, teach from, the, teach from the scriptures, Paul says to Timothy, a young pastor, because all scripture is God-breathed. This book, the Bible, is God-breathed, inspired. It comes from the breath of God. Therefore, it carries the life of God. Do you want to know about your life and what to do and how to do it, how to live and how to have a great life? It's not just religious talk. This is the breath of life of God for your heart and life. The first thing is he opens up the scriptures to us. In Colossians, one more thing about this book. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. We just looked at Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16. Colossians 3, verse 16 says this. Paul says to the Colossians, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let this book, let this truth, let the words of Christ Dwell in you richly. If you think on a Sunday morning for 20 minutes, if you think that that will dwell in you richly, it will dwell to a degree. I don't doubt that. What you hear, what you read, I'm not going to belittle that. But there's something about allowing God, his breath, the book that's alive, to dwell in me richly. I've heard it said, You are what you eat. I'm being careful not to look at anyone in particular right now. Right? Depending on what you eat. I don't know what it is you eat. You are what you eat. Let the word of Christ. So it says, did not our hearts burn as he opened up the scriptures to us? Isn't that interesting? Breath, life, hope. You are what you eat. The Holy Spirit. For me, for me, getting hold of the Word of God, reading it for myself, at some po- or listening to it. You can listen to it now. If you find reading, you listen, listen to it, and asking the Holy Spirit to make it life and jump off the page, and God to breathe His life into your heart and mind will change your life forever. Do it, folks. Do it. It's incredible. It's amazing. amazing. Second thing. The Holy Spirit through the... So I, I commend, I commend the word of God to you. Do you know with the YouVersion app, you can listen. You can, read the, you can read the word of God. You can do Bible reading plans. You can do 30 days, 10 days, 7 days, 7 Hebrew words, a whole year. The Bible chronological, the New Testament in 2 months, 6 months, 1 year. You can, you can listen to it all completely, amazingly for free. It's incredible. And as you ask the Holy Spirit to just let it become life and breath, you'll find your life will never be the same. The burning heart. Second thing, the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit will empower the Word of God that will come jump out the page. For me, 
I have my days when I read the Bible and I don't understand certain things. I have my days when I read the Bible and I think it's just, yeah, I've read it, so what? I'll have my days when I'll miss one day, but I'll catch up twice the next day. Uh, But generally, I'm saying generally, the word is sweeter than it has ever been. It's more alive and more real than it's ever been in 33 years. As the Holy Spirit brings life, you are what you eat. Secondly, that brings the presence of Jesus. Jesus said, I go to be with the Father. I won't leave you alone. I'll send another counsellor, helper, the Holy Spirit. He will be with you and in you. It's in John chapter 14. Read John 14 and 15 and you read about the work of the Holy Spirit. See, on that day, Jesus walked with them. Today, Jesus still walks with us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, each, right now, I just want my life to just, I want, I want to follow Jesus. I just give him my life. I want to hear you today. I want the Bible to just jump out the page. I just want to live for you, God. I'm struggle. I just want to know you. You'll find that he brings the presence of Jesus because Jesus is alive. He said, I go to be with the Father. I will be raised to life, but I send another exactly the same as me, the person to help you and he'll live with you and in you and be with you. You see, Jesus is a living person. He's alive. And that's, this is the most thrilling aspect of the Christian faith. The most thrilling aspect of the Christian faith is not that you know, some days would be great and, it's, and you, know, you have all your needs met. The most thrilling aspect of the Christian faith is that Jesus Christ is alive and he's a living person. And he can speak to you and walk with you now, right now, every day, every second. As we were reminded this morning when Steve shared the reading, you know, be of good cheer, said Jesus. You know, there'll be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. Look, I, I, I'm not, it's not, it's, sometimes life isn't easy. I'm not pretending that. I'm, you can say, you, you tell me, Adrian. Some of you have been challenged by some challenging things right now. But Jesus says, I have overcome those things. And I will walk with you and talk with you and walk beside you and carry you and walk along with you and lead the way and go behind you and lift you and drag you, and carry you, and talk with you, because he's a living person, and he comes to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. It's thrilling. That's why in Hillsong, one of the, one of the songs a few years ago was, tell the world that Jesus lives. Tell the world that Jesus lives. You see, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. You know, if we don't walk with Jesus, if we don't talk with him, then you're not going to be able to tell the world. You can tell the world, oh, come to church. You can tell the world, oh, it's good, you get your needs met, but that's not the story. It's not going to church, it's not getting our needs met, not even having a great life. It's the good news is that Jesus lives. Jesus is alive. It's the most thrilling aspect of the Christian faith. And this is the bit, he wants to live in and through you and me each and every day, brings the presence of Jesus. And so they said, did not our hearts, were they not burning? As he opened up the scriptures to us, the power of the word of God, and walked along the way, bringing the presence of the living Jesus. There's those two things. The person of the Holy Spirit is so simple. We're making it too complicated today. Simple. The simple things are the most powerful things sometimes. What was the song some years ago? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Lord. They stripped back. That song celebrates the simplicity. 
It's not albums. It's not worship. It's not big auditoriums. It's not what we do. It's not how polished we are. It's not how much we do. It's not where we go and how, what we know. It's all about you, Jesus. It's so it's, he opens a word to us. He brings the presence of the Lord Jesus to us. Tell the world that Jesus lived. And finally, it says there, he reflames the heart. He turns our hearts on fire. It says, did not our hearts, didn't our hearts burn within us? It makes the Christian faith real, alive. Amazing. Listen, not every day. It's not, I know what it's like. There are those days in life, I think. Oh, Lord. But it makes our faith alive. That's what we mean by the heart that burns. Passion, zeal, reality, presence, the living God of Jesus Christ. Now look at this. It says, it wasn't just a wuzzy, fuzzy, wee, Was he fuzzy, was he feeling? It wasn't just a funny feeling. Our hearts burned within us. There was a real sense of the sweet presence of God. They jumped. They were alive. They were made to feel alive like they've never lived before. Because before that, they were desperate, destitute, down, depressed, downcast. What do I do? I feel nothing. And at this moment, it says our hearts were burning. We're alive. But look at this. In verses 33 to 34, what we just read, it says, they got up. And returned at once to Jerusalem. And a bit later on it says, it's true, he's alive. Now look at those verses, just for a moment. Verse 33 to 34. The way that it's written there in the New Testament. It says, they got up and returned. Do you notice the words, at once? It's as if they couldn't contain themselves. Bearing in mind, they were now seven and a half miles away from Jerusalem. They walked on a hot, dusty day. A couple of hours, because they would have been kicking stones, depressed. And now it says they rushed back seven and a half miles. They were animated. They were alive. They were on fire, as it were. And it says, and when they get back, it says, it is true. He's alive, exclamation mark. Do you notice that in the NIV? It has an exclamation mark. It means that it sounds as if this is something they declared. They didn't just say, it's true. He's alive. Church good? Oh, yeah, it's all right. It wasn't like that. It was, he's, Jesus is alive. Tell the world that Jesus lives. It's not always like that for you and I. I know that. But there's this aspect of our hearts feeding our soul. Feeding my heart, mind, spirit, and soul. That's what I mean. And that's exactly what these two disciples experienced through the person and work of Jesus. And today, we now experience the same. We may experience The same, if not more, because Jesus said, greater things will you do. Bear in mind, he was walking with them, resurrected. Now he says, greater things you'll do when I return to be with the Father. So this is incredible. We can experience this, what they experienced, but even more so now that he's risen and now that he's sent the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us, amongst us, in us, and inside of us. Tell the world that Jesus lives. The scriptures come alive. We know the presence of Jesus can talk to him and speak to him, just as you would those around you. Our hearts feel like we are alive. Let's pray. I wonder if we could sing as we close this morning as well. While we, we're just going to draw to a close now, and, uh, but we're going to respond as we worship together. But I'm going to pray just before. Dear Heavenly Father, we open our hearts and minds to you 
at this very moment. We're coming back to you, Lord Jesus, with, through the very heart of worship. It's all about you, Jesus. And for some of us this morning, you know, life is great. It's exciting. It's good for some of us. You know, just getting on with it, it's a drudge. Some of us challenged, anxious. We're all from different walks of life, and I'm so aware of that right now. Hot, some of us, many of us, hot and bothered probably right now. And we just open our hearts to you. And just like those disciples were hot and bothered on that hot, dusty road, it says they ran, well, it didn't say they ran, but we, we surmise the way in which it's written. They returned at once, immediately. There's immediacy there. It's true, He's alive. And I pray, Father God, that through your scriptures, through the word, you will jump out the page. I'm asking you, Father God, this isn't a telling people what they've got to do time. This is you, Holy Spirit, drawing, wooing, drawing with irresistible love your people into your arms. I pray, Father God, that you will restore the hopes and hearts of people here this morning. Marriages, homes, children, livelihoods, young people. Restore, bring back the prodigals, we pray, O oh God. For some of us that have lost our way as Christians, we pray, disappointed, restore hope, faith, life. Lord Jesus, would you show yourself to be alive in our lives afresh as a church. We've had good days, but now we pray for this day. This is the day. There have been good days at Oasis Christian Centre. We thank you for that, Father, and for the faith of the past and for saints that have gone over the days have gone by. But now this is the day. It says, taste and see that God is good. Oh, Lord, give us a taste, a fresh taste today of how good you are. I pray through the challenges that some will face, decisions that they've got to make in life, Oh, Lord, that we might know you afresh by the power of your spirit. Let your word jump out of the page. Restore us anew. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Let a fire rage in our hearts. Fresh passion, fresh hope, fresh commitment, fresh zeal, fresh desire. You say that you restore the brokenhearted. And for those that are brokenhearted and no one else knows, you know, Father God, and we pray that you will lift them and that person, that family, right now. For people that aren't here this morning, maybe they're on holiday, just because they're not in earshot right now, doesn't mean to say they're out of the reach of your hand. Oh, Lord, you, you can reach those that have gone, that are maybe many miles away. You can touch hearts that are not here right now. You will touch people's lives who are maybe far from you and they've slid away. No one is out the reach of the Almighty God. Whether we go to the highest heights or the deepest depths, we could go to the moon for all we know, but you, nothing, nowhere, no one is from beyond your reach. Reach out now, Father, in the name of Jesus, our glorious living Lord, and touch hearts and lives like we've never known before. Revive our hearts. I'm not waiting for the revival of tomorrow, but for the renewal of this day. Holy Spirit, would you do that? Because it's all about you, Jesus. I love you. We love you. And we want to honor you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we close this morning and respond in our hearts as we sing and give him our lives afresh.